Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to be doing another mock draft and today it's going to be a PPR draft. It's going to be a 12 team league. We're going to be drafting at the number nine position and then the roster is going to be a little bit different from the other mock drafts I've done. So it's going to be one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end and a flex. So we're just adding another wide receiver spot. Then it's going to be six bench slots and then no defense, no kicker. And this is another pretty common roster setup. So I was just going to try this one out today. And before I actually start drafting, I kind of want to just go over how having this extra wide receiver slot kind of changes how I'm going to be drafting. And I don't think it changes how I look at the workhorse running backs, you know, your RB1, your RB2, but I definitely think it shifts value in favor of wide receivers. Um, later in the draft. So I still want to get those top one and two running backs, preferably in the first two rounds, but it definitely opens me up to getting wide receivers, you know, maybe in the second, third, and fourth rounds, because you do have to play three of them. All right, so we're here at number nine, and then let's take a look at who went off the board ahead of us. So McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Saquon. It's a pretty common top five not super interested in Saquon this year. You know, just a lot of uncertainty with that injury, bad offensive line. And then we saw Tyreek Hill, Ezekiel Elliott, and Devontae Adams. I wouldn't be taking wide receivers this early, but I definitely understand, you know, mid-first round, especially since it is a three-wide receiver starting lineup. And so let's see who is on the board for us here. We're probably going to be looking running back. Like I said, I still value those workhorse running backs, so that's where we're going to be looking here. And at the running back position, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Cam Akers. So a lot of solid options here. I think I'm going to be choosing between Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler, especially for PPR scoring. Austin Eckler is just a beast. I'd go Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers was back, but we just don't really know. So I'm not willing to take that risk here in the middle of the first round. And I think the pick here has got to be Jonathan Taylor. If you just look at what he did last year, when he wasn't even, you know, the full workhorse, the entire season was pretty impressive. I mean, look at this, almost 1,200 yards, 300 receiving yards, 12 total touchdowns. Even if those receiving numbers go down, I still think he's going to get more carries and he's going to be the workhorse of this very solid Colts offense. I think it's going to be an efficient run game. They still have a very solid O-line. And so I'm comfortable picking him here at number nine. I think he's my number seven running back in my rankings, but it's kind of one of those spots where it's like, do I really want to take Jonathan Taylor here? You know, I don't feel like there's a huge drop off between him and the Austin Ecklers, the Nick Chubbs, all of those guys. So I don't know if I'd love taking him at like a number seven or number six, but here at number nine, I do really like the value. So he's going to be the pick here, get that RB1 off the board. And then it really opens us up for next round. We could go running back, wide receiver. You know, we could really go either way. All right, so after we picked, let's see who was selected after us. It was Travis Kelsey going in the first round. I don't think this is crazy. I think we're actually probably going to see this in a decent amount of drafts. Just the positional advantage that he provides is pretty wild. And then four running backs, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, CEH, and Austin Eckler. I would definitely be taking Eckler before CEH. But, you know, you could probably see that. And then Stefan Diggs, the third wide receiver off the board. And so now it is our pick. And we could go running back. We could go wide receiver. 
definitely too early for quarterback and too early for those kind of second tier of the tier one tight ends. You have Travis Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle, but I think Waller and Kittle are pretty clearly the two and three. And so I'm looking more like early third round to target those guys. So we're basically looking wide receiver or running back. And wide receiver, we've got DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson. I honestly don't know if I love any of those guys at this value. You know, kind of an earlier second round pick. I'd prefer to take one of those guys late second. And so now we're looking at the running back position where we have Joe Mixon, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris. And I think this pick is going to come down to Joe Mixon and Cam Akers. I do like Antonio Gibson, but I think he's just a little bit behind Cam Akers in my rankings. And so I wouldn't say I'm 100% confident in either of these players. With Joe Mixon, I feel pretty reassured that he's going to get a very huge workload on this team. Giovanni Bernard isn't there anymore. The offensive line is improved. It's not great, but it's better than it has been in years past. But you know, we have just seen some disappointing years from him. So we don't really know exactly what we're going to get. And then Cam Akers, I'm pretty sure he's going to get that huge workload. But you know, it is a little bit concerning that we only saw it for like six games. Do I think it's going to happen? Yes, but I don't think it's 100% locked in. And so with this pick, I think I'm going to go with Joe Mixon just because I trust that the Bengals are going to be using him. This is going to be a very solid offense overall, and he gets involved in the passing game, which I think is just going to put him a little bit above Cam Akers, who didn't really find a ton of work in the receiving game. So Joe Mixon is going to be the pick here as my RB2, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. But now going into rounds three and four, that's really where I'm going to try to attack the wide receiver position you know, unless there's some crazy value that I can't miss out on. After Joe Mixon went off the board, we saw a run on wide receivers with Hopkins, Jefferson, Keenan Allen, and A.J. Brown. And then we actually saw Cam Akers go at the 209. That is crazy value for whoever could get Cam Akers that late. And then in the third round, we saw Darren Waller and George Kittle come off at 304 and 307. I actually think they're probably going to come off later in most drafts. So, you know, actually this team who has Kamara, Akers, and Waller. That's a pretty sick start to the draft. And then we also saw Patrick Mahomes come off the board in the middle of the third round. I'm just not going to be interested in targeting quarterbacks that early when I think there's so much depth at the position this year because I feel like you kind of lose the chance to pick a value. You know, you can't wait for a guy to fall because you already have that locked in and you took him basically exactly at his ADP. But so now it is our pick. And I would really like to go wide receiver here, you know, unless there's a running back we just cannot pass up. And I mean, we've got some solid running backs on the board, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, but you know, none of those guys are going to make me want to, you know, go three running backs before I get a wide receiver. I do like Chris Carson, but I like him more like very end of the third, early fourth, especially with this roster construction. So looking at the wide receivers, got Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, some very solid options here. And I think this pick is probably going to be between Terry McLaurin and Amari Cooper. And I think I'm going to be leaning Cooper here. I do think Terry's going to take a step forward with Ryan Fitzpatrick and these other weapons that they brought in, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, take some pressure off McLaurin. But I do just think we've seen it from Amari Cooper. We saw those first five games last year with Dak under center. He was an absolute beast. He was going to be on pace to be a wide receiver one. And so I'm going to bet back into that offense. Their defense is still terrible. 
they're going to need to be throwing the ball the entire game. You know, it's going to be really rare that the Cowboys are, you know, winning by a decent amount at the end of the game where they can kind of just run out the clock. It's probably going to be close. This defense did not keep them in a lot of games last year. And so there's also going to be a lot of garbage time opportunities for Amari Cooper. And so I'm fine here having him as my wide receiver one in the end of the third round. After Amari Cooper, we saw a run at wide receiver with Terry, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, and Julio Jones all coming off the board. And then Josh Allen was picked right after that. And so now we're up here at the 404. And like I mentioned, running back or wide receiver is probably the pick here. And you know, I think in an ideal world, there would be a crazy value here at wide receiver. So we could kind of balance that roster with two running backs, two wide receivers. But if I'm being honest, Chris Carson's still on the board here in the early fourth round, maybe too good a value to pass up. I really love Robert Woods at wide receiver, but I do just think Chris Carson getting that third running back just really sets you up well. And if I start my roster with three solid running backs, then you know I could just go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver in the next like three picks because I don't need as much security at the position. You know, I don't need to go out and get my fourth running back in the next couple of rounds. So that might honestly be the play here, even though I'm expecting huge things from Robert Woods. I just don't know if we're going to see this kind of value at running back again. It's definitely going to fall off by the time we pick. And so maybe, you know, it's not ideal roster construction, but I think we have to go with the value here and go for Chris Carson. I really think he's going to reemerge as the workhorse of this backfield. You know, struggled a little bit last year, but a lot of it was due to injuries. And so I really think after getting that solid contract, he's going to regain his role in that offense. And so then after he came on the board, we saw a variety of positions, wide receiver, running back, a lot of wideouts actually, a couple of quarterbacks in Lamar and Prescott. And then we saw Mark Andrews at tight end. And so now we're up and we probably want to go wide receiver here. We could actually look tight end, but you know, Late fifth, I'd rather get those guys in the early sixth round, the Hawkinsons, the Pitts. Honestly, I don't hate picking Kyler Murray here at quarterback, but I do think if we went in that direction, we'd definitely be setting ourselves back at wide receiver. So I think I'm going to have to pass on him there and hope that we can get some value with maybe a guy like Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, or Matthew Stafford later in the draft. So I'm really going to lock in here at the wide receiver position. And I think there are two clear options with this pick got Brandon Ayuk and T Higgins, both sophomore receivers, both really impressed as rookies. And both these guys are kind of in a similar position where we're not exactly sure what their role is going to be in their offense this year. With T Higgins, they drafted Jamar Chase. Does that mean that T Higgins is still the wide receiver one or is it going to be Jamar Chase? We don't really know. With Brandon Ayuk, he balled out last year, but a lot of his games were played without either Debo or Kittle or without both of them. So, you know, is he going to be the wide receiver one, the top target in that offense? We're not sure. I think I'm going to be leaning Brandon Ayuk here just because I do believe he's locked in as the wide receiver one. He's probably going to get less work than George Kittle, but I do think he's kind of elevated himself over Debo Samuel. And I just think he's a more versatile wide receiver. You know, he can win with those slants, jet sweeps, screens. But he also had some of the best separation in the entire NFL, and that really translates anywhere. With T. Higgins, it's honestly a tough call between these two, but I do just think Jamar Chase is so talented, and I'm more confident in Ayuk being the wide receiver one than I am in T. Higgins taking over that role. 
So Brandon Ayuk here is going to be the pick, lock up our second wide receiver position with Ayuk. David Montgomery came off the board, followed by Odell Beckham, too early in my opinion. TJ Hawkinson, solid around this 5-6 turn. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, wish T. Higgins would have fallen to us, but he did not. And then Kareem Hunt. And so here we are, and we actually have some really interesting options here. We could go with a variety of positions. I think we look at quarterback, Kyler Murray's still on the board. That's pretty intriguing. Running back, Miles Gaskin. I really like him this year. Wide receiver, honestly, not a big fan of any of these guys at this ADP, but then tight end, Kyle Pitts. So I really think there are a bunch of different directions we could go, but I'm kind of leaning to go quarterback here with Kyler Murray. I haven't done this in a lot of drafts, you know, get a guy earlier, but I just think Kyler Murray is my second ranked quarterback. And being able to get him here in the sixth round is definitely a value. You know, hindsight is 2020. So if I'm looking back at the picks I've made, knowing that Miles Gaskin would be here in the sixth round, I may have rather gone with Robert Woods over Chris Carson, because then you know I'd have three solid wideouts and then I could get my RB3 here. But you know, that's not how drafts work. You don't know exactly how it's going to play out. And so we can only play with the hand we've been dealt. And here, I think it's honestly going to be Kyler Murray at the pick. Just lock up this quarterback position, a really high upside player in Kyler Murray. I confidently have him as my number two. We saw insane production last year from him, and that was with kind of falling off towards the end of the year. But it wasn't a Russell Wilson type falling off. It was that he actually dealt with an injury, a shoulder injury, which limited his running and passing ability. And so Kyler Murray, I'm all in on him this year. He's going into his third year. So he was putting up those impressive numbers as a sophomore quarterback. So that's why I'm confident in drafting him here. And now we're up again here. Let's take a look at who came off the board after us. We saw basically exclusively wide receivers with some tight ends and quarterbacks mixed in. Only two running backs, which is super rare. And while Miles Gaskin was not picked, and he is still available here in the seventh round. And I think I'm definitely going to have to capitalize on this. It's a little bit concerning that I haven't filled up my wide receivers and you know I was already kind of picking them later but I really think Miles Gaskin as a seventh round pick is just unreal value and if he's going to be my first like bench guy I don't even know if I'm going to need to take another running back you know until the very last couple of rounds because having four running backs I only need to be playing two so I feel like the odds are pretty high that at least two of these guys are going to be healthy and so I think that's where we're going to go with Miles Gaskin here. He has so much potential being the workhorse of this Dolphins offense. Are we positive, you know, he's going to get as much work as we want him to? We're not. He wasn't a highly touted draft pick. Doesn't have a ton of draft capital attached to his name. But when he was given the opportunity last year, he performed very well. And so I'm just going to be buying into that talent and opportunity. And as an RB4 I mean, that's pretty solid. So then we saw Raheem Mostert come off, Aaron Rodgers, Brandon Cooks, Tom Brady, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Brown. And so with this pick, I think we have to be pretty laser focused in on the wide receiver position. We already have a quarterback. I don't think I'm going to need to draft another one. Kyler Murray is going to be a starter every single week. Then our running backs, four solid running backs that I'm confident in. So we don't need to go there. Tight end. I think this is kind of the dead zone. You have your first tier, then you have your second tier. And then I think I want to wait at least a couple of rounds before I go and get that kind of last tier with like the fans, the Dallas Goddards. Not that I dislike those guys. I just don't like them this early. And so we're set at running back, set at quarterback, 
Don't want tight end yet. So the wide receiver position is where we're going to be looking. And looking at who's available, I think it's going to be between two players. It's going to be Curtis Samuel and Antonio Brown. And this is actually going to be a pretty tough decision. I think if I was going to go for upside, I would probably be going with Curtis Samuel just because, I mean, he has the potential to go into that Washington football offense, get a ton of carries, ton of targets. We saw last year the Panthers used him a lot in the run game, kind of screen passes, all those gadget plays. But then we saw the year before when Ron Rivera, who was the coach of the Washington football team, when he was the Panthers head coach, they were using him as a deep threat. He had a ton of deep air yards. I think he had the most unrealized air yards in the NFL, which just kind of points to the lack of quarterback ability to get him the ball. But so if he kind of combines all those skills, he could truly finish as like a wide receiver two and a solid one. But considering that we only have two wide receivers so far, I honestly might want to go with the safer pick, which is AB. He finished as a high-end wide receiver three last year in points per game, and he's going way too late in my opinion. I really think he's going to settle into this offense and really ball out. I think people are kind of forgetting how truly special Antonio Brown is as a player, and I really think he still has a lot of talent. He showed some of it last year, and now with a full offseason, they're really able to kind of work him into the offense. I think he's going to be the pick here. I acknowledge it's more of a uh, kind of safe volume pick, but I think that's kind of what we have to do to just make sure this lineup is kind of locked in and very safe, especially at the wide receiver position. So in the seventh and eighth round is where we saw a lot of the quarterbacks come off. I already talked about Herbert, Wilson, Rodgers, and Brady coming off. But then after those guys in round eight, Hertz, Burrow, and Stafford all came off the board. So I'm kind of feeling confident that I did select Kyler Murray because we may have missed out on those kind of value quarterbacks. And then along with all those guys, we saw some wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle go off. And then we kind of saw this running back group. Travis Etienne in the eighth round is pretty insane value. But other than that, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Gus Edwards, David Johnson, Ronald Jones, Zach Moss, Kenyon Drake, not a big fan of that value. It makes me very glad that I do have four solid running backs. Michael Carter, not a bad pick here in the ninth. That's really the only one of those guys that I really like. And so now we're up here. We probably want to be attacking the wide receiver position again unless there is a solid tight end available. Looking at these wide receiver options, Corey Davis, not a huge fan with the Jets. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Elijah Mitchell, and I just don't think this offense is going to be explosive enough to be supporting multiple wide receivers. I don't even know if they can support one, honestly. Michael Gallup, not a huge fan. I don't think he's going to be seeing a lot of work unless someone in that wide receiver room gets injured. Mike Williams, I've actually been seeing some Mike Williams hype recently, and I honestly don't really understand it. He didn't really do much last year with Herbert at quarterback, so I don't really understand why everyone thinks he's going to take this huge step this year. I mean, it seems like he gets injured almost every game, and so he's definitely a guy I'm going to be avoiding. Beasley is an interesting pick here. T.Y., Darnell Mooney, those are the guys kind of in the range that I'm going to be looking at. But I do want to take a look at the tight end position because that is where we are missing a spot in our starting lineup. And honestly, Dallas Goddard is a pretty intriguing option here. Going in the ninth round, late ninth round, honestly, is pretty solid for him. And we could really fill out that entire starting lineup and then really just attack those kind of shot-in-the-dark wide receivers and hope some of them connect. If he's the tight end one on this Eagles team, it's going to be pretty solid. They don't have a ton of weapons, so he'll really need to be targeted. And so I feel confident going Dallas Goddard here. 
and it also fills in our starting lineup, which is always something that you kind of want to see. After Dallas Goddard, we saw some of those running backs, A.J. Dillon, James Conner, Devin Singletary, and Damian Harris come off the board. Also, Noah Fant, tight end. Honestly, do not like Noah Fant this year. I don't see a lot of the hype. If he couldn't perform last year without Cortland Sutton on the field, why is he now going to perform when he has Judy and Sutton in front of him? T.Y. Hilton came off the board. He was one of those wide receivers that I'd be looking at, but there are still going to be some other options here. And so we're looking at Cole Beasley and Darnell Mooney probably at this ADP. And I think I'm going to be leaning Cole Beasley just because I want to get some security, kind of similar with the Antonio Brown pick. We only have three wide receivers so far, and we need to be starting three of them. So I want some kind of safe, consistent options. And so Cole Beasley is going to be that guy. Darnell Mooney probably has a higher ceiling, but we just don't really know what's going to be going on with this Bears offense. We know what's going to be going on with the Bills. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Cole Beasley is going to be getting a ton of targets. And so that's why I like him here at this spot. We saw a big run on wide receivers after our pick. It was Jamison Crowder, followed by Trey Sermon, who kind of broke it up. But then Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, Russell Gage, Darnell Mooney, Mike Williams, Henry Ruggs, all those guys in a row. And then a mix of these kind of handcuff running backs and late round tight ends. So Hunter Henry, Naheem Hines. Irv Smith, Jamal Williams, Tyler Higby, Tony Pollard, Elijah Moore, and Tariq Cohen. And so let's see who is left. We probably want to be going wide receiver again, unless one of these kind of running backs sticks out as some value. And honestly, having Ryan Tannehill still on the board seems pretty crazy. And it's not even a pick where I'm going to be playing him. But having a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who I really think is going to finish as a top 10 quarterback, you know, being able to get him this late, he's definitely a guy who's going to have some trade value. One of these top quarterbacks is going to go down and someone is going to need another guy to step in. And if we have Ryan Tannehill, he could really offer us some serious trade value, maybe help us upgrade at one of these wide receiver positions, which is something we're probably going to need because it's definitely our weakest point in our roster. And I mean, let's just take a look at the other positions. Like, are we missing out on a lot? Tight end, we're probably not going to target. Running back, Latavius Murray, J.D. McKissick, James White, Daryl Henderson, Philip Lindsay. Like, no thank you on those guys. Then wide receiver, Jalen Rager, Nelson Aguilar, John Brown. I do like John Brown this year, but I mean, like, any of these guys, do we feel super confident that they're going to hit? You know, I don't feel maybe even like 60% confident that they're going to hit. So I honestly think we're going Tannehill here. And it's not because we're going to be playing him. It's totally just acquiring value. And he's someone that we're going to be able to use as a trade asset and hopefully upgrade the wide receiver position. You know, someone is going to have an injury and they're going to need to trade for a quarterback like that. And then look at that. After we picked, really none of the guys we were interested in came off the board. Jeff Wilson, JD McKissick, Latavius Murray, and Alexander Madison at running back. We don't want those handcuffed guys. And then Sterling Shepard and Jalen Rager. No, Jalen Rager maybe could have been a pick, but I mean, I'm not super in on him this year. Sterling Shepard, definitely not. He couldn't produce with Kenny Galladay and not in the lineup. Then what is he going to do now that Kenny Galladay is there? And so we got to look wide receiver here. Aguilar, ah, not a huge fan of really any of these New England Patriots weapons. If Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback, it's going to be a lot of running, not a lot of just passing touchdown upside or passing yardage. So he's a guy I'm not going to be going after here. John Brown is interesting. And actually, McCole Hardman, I'm not a big fan of him, but I think going this late, he actually may have some value. I think I'm still going to be leaning John Brown here just because I do think if McCole Hardman hits, 
he's going to be a pretty inconsistent play. Whereas if John Brown hits, I think he's able to get some more volume and be a more consistent option where McCall Hardman is more going to be like a big play. You know, maybe he gets that 60 yard touchdown and he produces. If not, he's basically going to be a bust in your lineup. So I'd rather get that consistency, especially because we are weaker at the wide receiver position. So this late in the draft, it's definitely going to be, you know, struggling to get some value at the end. Just a ton of different guys going off the board, some wide receivers, a tight end, a lot of those running backs, and then also some backup quarterbacks were selected. Sean Watson in the 13th round, if he does play, is probably going to be the best pick of the draft, but I don't have a ton of confidence that he's going to play this year. Now here in the 13th round, I think this is the perfect time to get one of my favorite late round targets. Talked about him a ton. It's going to be Rashad Bateman has the opportunity to step in and be the wide receiver one there with the Ravens, and I'm not going to pass up on that, especially this late in the draft. He's definitely a dart pick, but in a three wide receiver setup, you do need a lot of depth at the position, and so he's going to be the guy there. And let's take a look at who was drafted before we make our final selection. We basically saw every position, Damian Williams at running back, Gronk at tight end, Kirk and Baker at quarterback, and then Gabriel Davis and Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver. So now this is our last pick. Looking at our roster, we have two quarterbacks with Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill, four running backs with Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, and Miles Gaskin. It wouldn't hurt to get a fifth running back, but the odds of three of these guys all being injured or having a bye at once is pretty low. And if it does happen, we do have Ryan Tannehill as a trade asset, so I'm not super concerned especially because like, do I really want to be getting any of these running backs right now? I feel like they're all just going to be cut after week one. Salvin Ahmed actually wouldn't be the worst pick just because we do have Miles Gaskin, but we are just kind of like betting on an injury because I don't think Salvin Ahmed, if they do split carries, then neither of them are really going to have much value. And if Miles Gaskin gets injured, I'm not even 100% sure that Salvin Ahmed is going to be getting the work. So he is an option. We're not looking quarterback. We already have two. Could look tight end here with Robert Tanyan if Aaron Rodgers comes back. But, you know, I do feel pretty confident with Dallas Goddard, and I don't want to waste this pick if I'm just going to be starting Goddard on a week-to-week basis. Wide receiver, Christian Kirk, not interested after A.J. Green and Rondell Moore are there. Denzel Mims, haven't been hearing great stuff out of the Jets camp, and that is a crowded wide receiver room. Paris Campbell, probably not. Perriman, maybe. I've been talking about him as a late round pick, but the guy I like more from that Lions wide receiver room is Amon Ross St. Brown. And so that's where I think I'm going to be going with this pick. Another guy, a shot in the dark rookie, who has the chance to be the wide receiver one on his team. And so that's where we're going to be going here with Amon Ra. All right, so this is our final roster. Don't pay attention to the grade. They just kind of grade you based on how closely you follow their ADP. So if you took their best player available every time, you'd get the highest score. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to build our own team. And so quarterback, Kyler Murray, running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon, wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk and Antonio Brown. Dallas Goddard at tight end, and Chris Carson at flex. We have some serious strengths in the starting lineup. Kyler Murray at quarterback, I think is a great pick. Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon are very solid RB1s and 2s. Chris Carson as the RB3, I also really like. The weakest position in our starting lineup is definitely wide receiver. I like Amari Cooper as a wide receiver 1, but you know him and Ayuk and Antonio Brown, they're all just kind of weak in terms of 
Amari Cooper is a weaker wide receiver one. Brandon Ayuk is a weaker wide receiver two. And AB, I think he's actually a kind of mid-tier wide receiver three, potentially could be a wide receiver two. But you know, they're more on the bottom end of that value. Tight end, pretty mid-tier guy in Dallas Goddard, going to be my number seventh ranked tight end. And then our bench, Miles Gaskin. I really love that pick as our running back four. Beasley at wide receiver, a very safe option. Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, going to be a trade asset. You know, or Kyler Murray gets injured and we have a guy to plug in right away. John Brown, Rashad Bateman, and Amon Rossing Brown are all kind of darts that I threw on guys who I think have the chance to be the wide receiver ones on their team. But that is going to wrap it up for this mock draft. That is our final roster. Feel pretty solid with it. But thank you guys so much for stopping by and watching and listening. If you guys enjoyed the content, please just leave a like and subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And also let me know your thoughts on this roster. Would you have made any picks differently? Let me know down below and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you guys again and I'll see you tomorrow.